One. All right. Um, I think we should be good now. Um, all right. Welcome to the Atomic Swan Podcast, episode four. Could be episode five or six. I honestly don't remember a couple of them. Um, today we're here with uh, Nick and uh, Cam, two friends of mine, and we're going to be discussing uh, the pros and cons or uh, opposing political um, opinions concerning uh, deplatforming, uh, specifically uh, characters like Alex Jones, um, Milo Yiannopoulos, Donald Trump, um, and others. Uh, Cam, can you just give us a, before uh, getting into anything really heavy, tell us uh, your basic understanding of what deplatforming is and what you th- what your stance on deplatforming as a concept is. Um, my stance on deplatforming is basically that, or first of all, you wanted to know um, what I thought deplatforming was. And yeah. uh, what I think that deplatforming is, is basically the censorship of um, different figures and basically um, deciding which, which type of people can and can't um, use social media or different media outlets as a way of sharing their perspective and opinions. But my stance on deplatforming is that deplatforming is a bunch of bullshit. And the mm-hmm. reason for that is because um, I don't think that with, with the amount of influence that uh, big media companies have like in today's society, I don't think that the censorship of any figure um, no matter like how quote unquote crazy or whatever their views may be is, is wrong because I think it's a threat to democracy because it limits mm-hmm. perspectives okay. that can be like shared with the public. All right. So many get their opinions from social media. All right. Um, Nick here is, uh, I don't want to say ignorant. That has a negative connotation. Um, Nick is coming in with an uninformed opinion um, and he is open to uh, both sides of this debate. Me, myself, um, I'm going to be taking uh, a stance in opposition to Cam. I think that deplatforming is not only good for the social and cultural um, systems of a given nation, it helps increase um, uh, cohesiveness in any given government. Um, and I say that uh, by, um, you know, actually, let me backtrack that. I don't think cohesiveness in a government is particularly, is a virtue. Um, but I do think that deplatforming helps stop the spread of hateful or sometimes even violent ideas. Um, and that's what I'll be discussing um, today with Cam. Um, in the interest of clarifying our terms, um, because uh, we, you want, we want to uh, uh, hold consistent um, through our argument our terms, um, I will modify your definition of censorship. And this is just going to be the operational definition. Censorship, or, or sorry, deep, not censorship, uh, deplatforming. I will modify the operational definition of deplatforming. I don't want to say deplatforming is the censorship, but the removal of certain figures, um, in particular to uh, regarding social media. Um, so we won't be discussing uh, censorship, let's say, on college campus or other forms uh, of deplatforming, so to speak. Um, and I apologize for using the term censorship and uh, deplatforming uh, synonymously. Um, but deplatforming will be the removal of political and political figures um, from social media platforms. All right, getting into it. Uh, we're already four minutes in. Wow. Uh, Nick, introduce yourself and what you believe. Um, good evening. I'm Nick. I believe that everyone has entitled to their own opinions, and some things are more morally correct than others. But at the end of the day, we are each our own people. All right. Thank you, Nick. 
Um, so I have three articles here that will be serving as our evidence uh, and my research uh, for uh, this semester um, concerning deep platforming. One uh, from the European Journal, uh, yeah, the European the European Journal of Communication, titled. Uh, Deep Platforming, Following Extreme Internet Celebrities to Telegram and Alternative Social Media, written by Richard Rogers. Um, this was published last year, May 6, 2020. Um, and it is, uh, uh, you know, concerning deplatforming. Um, again, second article, evaluating the effectiveness of deplatforming as a moderation strategy on Twitter specifically. Uh, this has four offers, uh, Shagun Javer, Christian Boylston, uh, D. Young, and... Uh, Amy Brookman. Uh, three of those, um, Christian D and Amy being from the Georgia Institute of Technology and Shagan Javer being from Rutgers University. Um, and for my last and final article, we have Deplatforming Disinformation, Conspiracy Theories and Their Control um, from Taylor and Francis Online, um, it is, which is a, a collection of journals and it was written by um, oh, uh, Inesh. No, sorry, H. Inez, sorry. Um, I don't seem to be able to find the name of this author, um, but I, it will be linked in my um, uh, synopsis. Anyway, getting into it. Cam, let me put forth my um, argument, and I'm going to put the burden on, of proof um, on you because um, it is my stance that uh, you are the more skeptical um, of, e of either of our opinions, and um, it's up to you to prove to me why you, uh, I should believe what you believe. Um, just laying out my argument, I think that uh, social media is extremely influential. Um, and I agree. It, okay, well, let me, let me finish my argument, setting up my argument first. I think that social media is extremely influential, and because it is extremely influential, people should be careful of what they put on there, all right? And if we allow um, certain people to gain a large enough audience where they can systemically affect um, the actions that others take, um, that it should, should be, people should be held responsible for what they say, and if they incite violence, hate, or, or in any other way, um, spread uh, misinformation or uh, hateful ideas that um, it is well within those private companies' rights um, to remove them uh, from that platform. So, uh, what do you say in response to that, Cam? Um, so you seem, so correct me if I'm wrong, but your stance is that you think that um, if certain people who, team, who have um, problematic um, messages to spread on social media that mm -hmm by um, deplatforming these people um, be able to stop harmful ideas from being spread. Uh -huh. And my response to you would be, how are you, how are you able to determine um, which, peop which people are spreading harmful ideals? Because I think harmful ideals would mm. like, differ from person to person on what they think those harmful ideals would be. And so like, wh how do you determine like, who's spreading harmful ideals and would need to be deplatformed? And whose perspective do you just not agree with? And you're going to deplatform them because of that. All right. Um, just responding really quickly. Um, when I say dangerous individuals, there's a very specific definition I have in mind. And it actually comes from the, uh, the first article uh, written by Richard Rogers. Um, extreme anti-establishment actors are being characterized 
uh, increasingly as dangerous individuals by social media platforms that once aided them, uh, once aided in making them internet celebrities. These individuals and sometimes groups are deplatformed uh, by leading social media companies such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube for such offenses as organized hate. Uh, deplatforming has prompted debate about liberal big tech silencing free speech, which is what your um, yeah, opinion is, and taking on the role of editors uh, for other people's opinions, but also about the questions um, of whether it is effective um, and for whom. And that's a direct quote from the abstract of the original article. And the way I would describe, uh, or the way I would characterize the people who are not uh, um, not just differing in opinion from me, but also uh, th that should be deplatformed are people who spread one disinformation. Um, so uh, you could say fake news, you know, um, as more like colloquial term. Um, but also people who incite violence or spread hateful ideas. Um, and I would, you know, say hateful ideas are anything that, um, you know, uh, sort of propagate. Um, uh, the othering of other people. So I would even say that a, a liberal who says, you know, we should hunt down all the Republicans um, should be deplatformed because I don't think that um, any public form of debate should be entertaining um, ideas of violence, specifically when it comes to uh, political ideology. Um, and so uh, that's how I would characterize people who should be deplatformed. So let me ask you this. Um, probably the most famous figure who's been deplatformed recently is mm -hmm. the former president Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And just just answer yes or no. W would you support the deplatform of the pre of the former president? Yeah. Yes, I would. So you would you would support um, a, a past American president being deplatformed from uh, most major media companies? Just yes or no. Yes. Okay. So with that, I find it. I find it. I I don't know if I'm wrong. Ironic is the right word, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just find it wrong that uh, a past American president has been deplatformed from most major uh, media outlets um, in the modern day, mm -hmm. while hateful, because your definition is people who spread hate, mm -hmm. hateful organizations such as the Taliban and ISIS are allowed to operate on Twitter. Okay, okay. Um, I'll tell you why. Um, because while those hateful operations um, are allowed to operate on Twitter... I don't necessarily uh, agree that they should be. Um, I think it, as soon as anybody crosses the line um, in inciting, uh, turning words into actions, and those actions particularly leading um, to uh, the harm of other people, um, I think those people should be kept off, uh, if stipulated um, by a social media company, should be kept off. Specifically, uh, you, you know, like for example, I don't want to say it's a social media, but a platform like WikiLeaks uh, has extremely violent imagery, um, but that is the intent. Or, well, not just extremely violent, but it allows for extremely violent imagery on their platform, and that's because um, it is meant to be, you know, uh, censorless, right? But I think for, I think when a, someone like a president who wields such authority um, is allowed to tweet things that lead to something like um, the insurrection on the Capitol uh, this past January, um, when there is such power, reach, and influence um, that if the president uh, is not responsible, as I believe he wasn't, um, I think that they those people should be uh, have their audience stripped from them. You believe that the president was responsible for the insurrections on the Capitol? I think that his comments um, incited people uh, and rallied uh, people uh, to a particularly violent idea. Yes, I think that's somewhere. I think that's a point that we disagree on. All right, please um, explain to me why. Um, if I'm being completely honest, I don't know, um, 
exactly what the president's comments were. I was more informed at the I time. I can research that for you. Could you do that? Yeah. So I, I was more informed at the time. Um, go, go ahead and read his um, tweet once you get a chance. Yeah. But um, if I remember it correctly, like, um, obviously he didn't directly call for any uh, capital insurrection. And I think he was more, I, I think the tweet, um, at least the way I would, I view it, is that he was more calling on his supporters to like um, keep supporting him and keep supporting what they believe in, and I remember at the time. I remember at the time he was. I think he was referencing um, cases of voter fraud and how the election was basically mm-hmm. a sham. And I also wanted to let it be said that there there, there is evidence of voter fraud um, in in the, in the twenty twenty election. So I think he was referencing those instances, and he was saying that. I think he was just shining light on the fact that the election might not have been um, the free and fair elections that an American democracy is used to. And I think um, in I, telling I think we might have to make a correction on our previous statements. Um, he uh, his address is what what he was accused of inciting violence What's, for. So that, that was a was. speech um, at his own rally. But I do know that he was taken off Twitter because of what he said on Twitter. Um, let me research what got him uh, deplatformed. While you're doing that, I also think it's worth noting um, that even even if um, he, well, I guess first we need to find out what it is that he said. Mm-hmm. But if I remember correctly, because I was more informed of this at the time that it happened, mm-hmm. um, if I remember correctly, like it was it was really. Um, the premise to deplatform him is really based off of an, an interpretation of what he said, not a literal meaning of what he said. So, like, I think it's wrong for, um, because my interpretations can be much different than mm-hmm. whoever's it was that decided to deplatform him. Mm-hmm. And in deplatforming a former president, it's like a major political perspective in the days in today's world. And obviously, he get, he got millions of votes, so he yeah. still ha- like he still has many supporters in the country. Yeah, he's representative and, of a of a big group of people. Yeah. Right, and, and and to censor him, I'm on a way that so many people get their news nowadays, mm-hmm. it, I think it's just very wrong. And and, and not, it, it really just kind of disrespects everything that our democracy stands for. All right, all right. Um, I have uh, his statements that got him banned uh, queued up here, but first I want to ask Nick. Uh, Nick, what do you think about uh, the conversation so far? Um, honestly, I think that you both are making some very strong arguments. I believe that it is kind of, in very loose terms, uh, bullshit that certain organizations can get away with basically claiming, we find what you have claimed offensive, so we're going to take you off of the platform, yet also allow other such organizations, like Cam has said, ISIS and the Taliban, to just openly admit on their platform everything that they're doing, you know? Okay, okay. Um, I value that opinion. And now I just want to make very clear. Are you guys inciting uh, the First Amendment right to free speech right now? And No, and let me tell you why. Mm-hmm. Um, I also understand that a popular argument for deplatforming is that um, that these um, like Twitter, Facebook, and major media companies are private companies, which mm-hmm. is true. Mm-hmm. And so I also don't think it's a government right to be able to tell them um, and these are new. These are new things. Like the world has never seen like media outlets in the way that we've yeah. seen it, so we don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Because I also like I'm a big proponent of like less government influence and in, like the everyday lives of people mm-hmm. and just like um, businesses in general. 
And so I don't know if I'd support a government like government regulation on the platform because these are private companies. Mm-hmm. So they can censor whoever they want legally. Yep. Yes. Like, but I also think that um, it's it's bullshit that they're able to do so. And I think it has a very in deplatforming people has a very negative influence on mm-hmm. the American public, in the world public because it's not just an American problem. Mm-hmm. Like this, this can happen like in other countries as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it has happened to yeah. the uh, Belarusian dictator yes. uh, very recently. Uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I wasn't aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like I said, it's 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 weird because. This, this is a situation that the world has never had to dealt with before because these are private companies mm-hmm. um, legally doing the things that they're doing, but it's having like very negative consequences mm-hmm. okay. for, the, for the people that use their platforms. And I frankly am not sure what should be done because I don't think it, I, I don't think it's right for um, these people to decide who and who who can and cannot mm-hmm. use their platforms to spread their ideals, considering so, like mm-hmm. these sources are the source of news for so many people. Yeah. But I also don't know that the government can kind of come in and tell them yeah. like what yeah. to do because they're private companies. Right. So I understand that you're a little conflicted, but I am just going to ask for, uh, as best you can to give me a definition of what um, you think uh, a general direction for a course of action would be. Um, do you think that the government should step in on the grounds of free speech? Um, or are you just saying that we should petition these private companies um, to quote unquote do the right thing in your vo- in, in your eyes? Um, as much as I'm against government regulation, yeah. Um, in our constitution, it says that like, um, in, in encroaching on somebody's right to f- free speech, you're mm-hmm. like. Um, Do you want me to read you the First Amendment? Um, I think I'm pretty familiar with the First Amendment, but but in encroaching on somebody's right to free speech, um, that that that's something that the government's supposed to step in on, right? Under our constitution, the government is supposed to protect everyone's right to free speech. Mm-hmm. So as much as I'm against government intervention, um. Of like private companies and individuals, I think that because these media companies are encroaching on our right to free speech, that the government has no choice but to step in. Because I don't know if you look at like our founding fathers, you have like like um, it's the whole debate of the more loose or more like tight um, interpretation of our constitution, mm-hmm. and that some believed um, um, s- some of the leaders that started our country believed that. The government needs to be like very interventionist mm-hmm. um, in in everyday life, mm-hmm. and then there's others that think that the government needs to like intervene on like the the things in the constitution mm-hmm. that are outlined, like specifically those things. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, by encroaching on our right to free speech, the government has it, it's one of the areas where the government is supposed to intervene, mm-hmm. and I think the government definitely oversteps in a lot of aspects, mm-hmm. and I, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that. Um, this is one area where the government is like forced to intervene. All right. Um, just for clarification of the audience, uh, I want to read uh, the First Amendment. So uh, the First Amendment stipulates, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press um, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. Um, and I just want to, you know, strengthen my argument. This, uh, the First Amendment, is protecting um, the legal, um, uh, the, the legal side of the freedom of speech, and saying that Congress can make no law affecting the freedom of the press, um, the freedom of the speech, or of the press. And so, you know, I, I, I don't want to say gotcha, 
Um, and that's definitely not my intention. I am trying to respect right, right, right. Uh, your opinion, but uh, I would consider regulating who uh, a, a media uh, network um, can censor is a law regarding uh, or, or the abridging the freedom of the press. And while the First Amendment does guarantee people um, the right to free speech, no one can persecute Donald Trump for believing what he believes or saying what he says, um, it does not guarantee. And this goes hand in hand with what you were saying. Social media is, is a sort of new age problem. It's never been dealt with before, and the Constitution does not address it. Which is why we have um, amendments. Amendments, right? I mean, the First Amendment being one. Right. But um, it, it does not protect uh, people excuse me, uh, uh, from having a, a right to an audience. Um, it does not stipulate that people have a right to be heard. They can say what they want um, and they cannot be jailed for it. Um, and Donald Trump can go to any part of the country, um, public land, uh, or maybe not public land, but he can go to any, yeah, or most places and have discourse with whoever he likes and say whatever he wants. Um, what, what do you think about that? Actually, sorry, before you respond, Nick, please tell me what you think of uh, this exchange that me and Cameron are having. The way I see it, Twitter is a privately owned company. It has nothing to do with the government. From Mm -hmm. what I, I, which I may be interpreting this wrong, what Mm -hmm. I understood from what you described with the First Amendment, Mm -hmm. the government itself cannot persecute you for having freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. Twitter is not a government-funded or government-owned organization. Yeah. Therefore, they are... In their right, allowed to not persecute, but censor certain things. And I would agree with that, that yes, and also when whenever anyone signs up for a Twitter account or anything like that, they have to read through the agreements and they have to agree to all of that. Okay. And it says in there, you agree to like basically let us, if we, if we, if we need to in loose terms, mm-hmm. censor you. Yeah. You know. Um, and I'm just circling uh, really far back around. I did have the um, uh, statements from Trump that he got banned for, um, and I did want to read those aloud. Um, So I'm reading here on the BBC, the uh, British Broadcasting... um, uh, To be honest, you have zero idea what the C stands for. Yeah, I don't. Uh, British (laughs) Broadcasting Channel. Channel. The British Broadcasting Channel. Uh, Mr. Trump was locked out of his account. This is a quote. Mr. Trump was locked out of his account for 12 hours on Wednesday, um, Wednesday being uh, in January 2021, um, after he called the people who stormed the U.S. Capitol patriots. Hundreds of his supporters entered the complex of the United States Congress, attempting to certify Joe Biden's victory um, in the presidential election, and the ensuing violence led to the deaths of four civilians and a police officer, and not only that, but the psychological trauma of a lot of congressmen and women. Um, because, you know, they were uh, chanting or, you know, obscenities, uh, you know, saying yeah. that they were going to commit crimes. He did, so he did correct, um, directly call them patriots. Uh, he did, call he did them, yes. directly call them patriots. And Before- the statements that he made on January 6th, um, he, Trump supporters gathered at the, uh, it was at a Save America rally uh, to challenge the results of the last November's presidential election, which they are protected to do under the First Amendment. Right. Um, they listed Mr. Trump, or they listened as Mr. Trump spoke to them at the National Mall near the White House in Washington D.C. In the 70-minute address, Mr. Trump uh, exhorted them to march on the ca- Congress, where politicians had met to certify uh, Joe Biden's win, and the attack began moments after he hey. took applause. And that was at a rally of his. You mind if I stop you right there? Of course. Um, did he? 
didn't he say like specifically it was more march in the Capitol and like protest peacefully? I don't think he said storm into Congress. Um, I think he, which like a peaceful protest is obviously like yeah. I'm sure he had his intentions of being like you know don't storm the Capitol. I don't think he directly told uh, anybody to storm anything. Um, three minutes into his speech, he said, "We won this election and we won it by a landslide." Um, this was three minutes into his speech. It was a false assertion that Democrats used as the starting point for the incitement charge. That's for um, his impeachment. Um, so he was uh, sp- spreading misinformation um, as the election was ratified by both third parties and the federal government. Um, this, but, but quote, he he isn't wrong in saying that there there, there is evidence of election fraud and problems with the the election. Um, nothing that would change the results of the election. And so he did not win it by a landslide. That is incorrect. That, that is incorrect. His words that are incorrect. incorrect. And I just want to make sure that we agree on mm-hmm. that. Yeah, we do. Um, he said, we will stop the seal. Here, Trump was echoing the slogan of the moment uh, to fight Mr. Biden's election. Again, these are all direct quotes, uh, which was started. At, and this is from also the British Broadcasting Channel. Um, he said, echoing the slogan of the movement to fight Mr. Biden's election victory, uh, which was started a day after the result was declared. Uh, it soon gathered pace on social media and led, social media, by the way, and led to rallies across the United States. Um, the largest one yet was uh, the one Mr. Trump addressed on uh, 6th of January. Uh, he also said, and this is a quote from the president himself, we will never give up. We will never concede. It does not happen. Um, if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. And now I'm just reading off quotes of his. Peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. And so he did stipulate peace. Peacefully he did and say peacefully. Uh, but I just want to put Which forward uh, the linguistic idea um, of uh, propositions. I feel like while you, know, you can say that um, he did say to uh, peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard, um, his actions and his support of the actions uh, that people took were not peaceful, and they were certainly not patriotic. As um, you know, people were calling for insurrection against the government. Uh, against the government, um, he told people to go to the Capitol. Uh, he says, "We are going peacefully. to the Capitol." The presidents used "we," but he didn't join them. Uh, as supporters took a short walk uh, from the rally to Congress, uh, he said, "We're going to walk down to the Capitol, and we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. Uh, and we're probably not going to be cheering so much <coughs> for some of them." Is what he said. Um, and so, you know, I do want to clarify, you were right. He did say to, and this is probably uh, the strongest piece of evidence you have, yes, peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Um, I know that everyone here, uh, he did say, I know that everyone here will be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Right. The language was very different from other sections, which borrowed more from combat or war. So it is... Yeah, but I think there's such thing as fighting peacefully. Um, that is... Uh, contradictory statement. It is a contradictory I'm going to have to deny um, the existence of peaceful fighting. Peaceful fighting is not. No, I think it, 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 it sounds it sound stupid, but um, what I mean by peacefully fighting is mean it, it's just protesting and basically like making your voice heard and um, being combative to like opposing views, but also being. Um, um, all right, leading uh, back into the country, we took a short break. Um, all right. I had to pee really bad. All right, well. <laughs> I said all of us. Um, all right. Going back into this, um, you said, oh, man, what were you saying? I was talking about um, uh, what, what I meant by peacefully fighting, which... Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you want to offer a correction. You meant arguing peacefully, right? Or protesting peacefully, not fighting. N- not not fighting because, like, I... Um, 
like we were saying earlier, like you can argue about like, the definition of fighting and mm-hmm. what that means, but so, so arguing, yeah, semantically fighting, so, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. De- the right. definition of fighting is to semantically is what I was yeah, inducing, yeah. induces uh, violence. Um, yeah, basically what I meant by that is that um, you you can you can um pretty like aggressively oppose somebody peacefully. Okay, and yeah. th- th- that's all. That's all I meant by that. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would say aggression, but. I think at this point... I actually use the word aggressive. Aggressive? All right, all right, all right. Aggression does not invoke violence. No. Um, Okay. So before, um, you know, we make our closing um, statements on Donald Trump, I do want to ask Nick. Nick, um, as our centrist here, what do you think about that last last bit we've been talking about? Um, Donald Trump's culpability um, and uh, his banning of Twitter. I believe that... In a certain way, shape, and form, he did try his best, or not try his best, but he did, whether he willingly knew about it or not, lead to what happened in the Capitol and that what he did was not the best. And I do believe that Twitter, in their right, was allowed to take them off of his, or take him off of their platform. And if that is what they see fit, then that is what they see fit. All right. Um... Excuse me. All I wanted to like intervene on this is basically mm-hmm. saying that um, uh, I think like back back to what I was saying earlier is how like I'm very against like government intervention and mm-hmm. these kind of issues. But I think it's like the responsibility of the United States government to to intervene on like the behalf of democracy because obviously like the dimension, uh, excuse me, definition of um, democracy like ch- changes a lot from mm-hmm. I I think there's two main definitions of democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget what the two definitions are called, but one of them is fairly simple, and that all a democracy needs is free and fair elections, right? And no matter no matter what the definition of democracy is, the, at, at its simplest form, like all, all definitions are going to include this, but at its simplest form, the definition of democracy is that it requires free and fair elections. Mm-hmm. And I think by um, continuing to allow, like, again, they are private companies, mm-hmm. but I think the U.S. needs to intervene. And mm-hmm. by, by allowing these private companies mm-hmm. to censor, like, major political figures... Mm-hmm. You're, you're no longer guaranteeing like free and fair elections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and I, I don't want to be cyclical in my arguments, um, but we've talked about this. You know, the, the government, um, or as the Constitution as it is written, does not uh, guarantee the right for people to have audiences. And that's audiences of any type because, um, like I said, the First Amendment stipulates right. um, Congress yeah. shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech or the, of the press. Right, nothing about audiences. Well, yeah. And and do, unfortunately, the written is also it is also open to change, right? Yeah, and I think yeah, these, yeah. The, I think these are new. Like this is a new thing that okay. they never could have foresaw in the in seventeen ninety six. Um, seventeen seventy six. They didn't know what I. That's what I meant. Seventeen seventy six. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not as <laughs> up to date with with my dates of history, but okay. seventeen seventy six. Um, they could have never foresaw like such a thing coming. Okay. And I think that it's such a big issue that like. It requires like new legislation regarding like what should be done um, about like these. I mean, again, they're private companies, but mm-hmm. but but the Im- the impact they have and the potential they have to impact like mm-hmm. um, our democracy as it stands mm-hmm. um, requires the intervention of um, the government. And I and I also need to um, make it known that like I've said this probably a hundred times, but like mm-hmm. this is coming from someone who's extremely against government intervention. Mm-hmm. But I'm also a, a, a very big supporter of like a free um, democracy, mm-hmm. and um, I think that like 
there, there's certain areas where the government, I think everyone agrees that there's certain areas where the government must intervene, and I think this is one of those areas. I, I just want to point out, uh, you, you're employing um, an argumentative fallacy, or, and not so much a fallacy, uh, but you're making the mistake of putting forth an enthymeme. Um, and an enthymeme is an argument with um, unstated premises. Uh, you keep saying that a free and fair election is required, um, but how, and, and I, I'm just saying this so you specify your argument, how exactly is uh, banning Trump from Twitter making an, an election unfair um, or not free? Um, let me tell you. Um, so, obviously, like, in, in order to be able to vote, like, a voter needs to be informed. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that is not... That's actually... You're, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, but ideally, right? They should be informed. I, ideally, our voters would be informed. Yeah. And I think by um, censoring certain people from these media platforms, you're mm-hmm. basically, like, fucking with the information that people are like have access to okay and so if if, if they're not able to like, experience those other perspectives they're gonna be like heavily influenced in one way mm-hmm. which basically like, detracts from like the free nature of our elections okay um but i'm you know th- this is a this is a problem if if that if you're going so broad with your definition this is a problem that does not extend solely to social media but now um extends to ever to all forms of media you know that and if I agree, yeah, yeah. But so what? I mean, but if you agree with that, that means that a regulation that you're putting forward would have to apply to all forms of media. It would be the only logical conclusion. And and, and I'd I'd probably be okay with that. And and and, the, and, and so you would be in okay. You go. Ahead. I just want to clarify. You would right. be in favor of regulating the media, which gets into a different area where the freedom where or our First Amendment. Um, Becomes infringed upon. Becomes infringed upon, right? Um, so I guess I have to say no. Like, see, this is where it's a gray area because, like, I, I don't like to see the government like infringing on the press. Um, but I also think that the, I don't know. I I I think that uh, just the way the press operates currently just censors like too many ideals that are like necessary for people to like have access and like learn about. I think that uh, this is a great uh, opportunity for all of us, all three of us, you, me, and Nick, um, to, to find some common ground um, in the sense that I am almost certain we all believe um, that it is the structure of the media uh, that is the problem, and that being um, that it is a private company, and yes. they are allowed to do whatever they would like. If they wanted to censor everyone, or if they wanted to change their terms and conditions um, to censor whoever they wanted, they would be well within their rights to do so. Right. Um, and now it comes, it becomes a problem um, that very, f- there are very few, uh, very select few, um, the people who run these companies uh, have immense power in shaping narratives, and that is the um, interference that you're talking about right. um, in terms of running an election. And that is something I would uh, heavily agree with you. Um, the 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 issue of um, money, um, uh, not just big tech, but you know, uh, people who uh, are you know the owners of news media in general or news media in general uh, have control. Uh, they can spin narratives, um, and if you know, if they wanted to, they could make you believe something that was untrue, right, and they could yes. make a lot of people believe something that oh, was untrue. Yes. Right, and I think we'd all agree on that. And that's something. And so now it, uh, that transitions more into a uh, what should the ideal structure of media be, and that's a different conversation, one that we won't get into. Um, but you know, I, I just want to uh, you know have uh, uh, you know fidelity towards your argument and trying to trying to be fair, right? Um, in the interest of fairness. Um, but circling all the way back, Trump was banned 
because he condoned um, the actions of the people uh, who who ran the insurrection of the Capitol. Uh, he did. He called them patriots. Uh, yeah. So, having discussed and fleshed out your ideas, do you still think that Trump should not have been banned if yeah. he condoned these violent actions that led to the deaths of four people and a police officer? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that yeah, I still support the idea that he should not have been banned. All right. Because this, this is a past president of the United States mm-hmm. who represents the views of, of millions of people as seen by the fact that he got millions of votes. Mm-hmm. And I think by you're limiting um, that perspective that is shared by so many Americans. And I also think that, yes, he called them patriots, but, like, I guess... He called them patriots, and I think it's open interpretation a little bit um, for the people who, like, stormed the Capitol. I don't think... He called the people who stormed the Capitol patriots. That's a direct Just for clarification. As in, as in the Capitol building. Yeah, as yes. in the Capitol building. Well, and these are, yeah, these are people who are, you know, threatening to commit more crimes uh, obviously, if they were not obviously, that, obviously, that's not okay mm-hmm. by, like, a, a, any metric, mm-hmm. but I also... So I'm gonna have to go ahead and say I still believe that um, he needs to be kept on the social media and, and in order to offer um, his perspective because um, his perspective is a major perspective in American mm-hmm. politics, mm-hmm. especially as enemies of the United States such as the Taliban and ISIS. And mm-hmm. again, you already said that you don't think they should be allowed on there either. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is that they are. Mm-hmm. And if well, I think that they should be allowed on there as long as they don't um, perpetuate violence. But and they, they do. They do. But they absolutely yeah. do. They yeah, yeah. So if the Taliban wanted to make a Twitter account and just um, well, they, they have a, they have they have a very active Twitter account actually. They do. And but yeah. the thing is, um, using your own your very own argument, yeah. the Taliban is the government of a sovereign nation, and therefore now is, they are. Now they are. They're they the, they haven't. They, they are. They, they are, are the, now. They are the government okay. of an internationally right, recognized right, sovereign okay, nation. Right, but if, but, and but, using your argument, mm-hmm. let me finish. Yeah, yeah. Using your argument that powerful people should be held or should be kept on social media because of the very fact that they are powerful, you are discrediting your own work. Okay. No, listen. Please clarify. Yeah, yeah. No, because if we were having the same conversation months ago, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to say that, right? Because just just the, recently, right? Just recently, the Taliban was able to take control, right? So, so, so maybe, maybe now that they're in control, right? But let, let's, let's take ISIS for an example, right? Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many nations like are like, identify um, ISIS as a terrorist organization, but I have to imagine it's quite a bit. And um, a group such as ISIS, who like very actively condones violence, right? Um, still allowed to operate on, on this platform when a past uh, American president is not. And yes, the Taliban is now um, in charge of sovereign nation because Joe Biden's a fucking idiot. But that's a different conversation, right? Um, that, we're, that we're not that we're not getting gonna get into, right? Um, you might not feel the same. I vehemently um, disagree. Yeah, and you probably there's probably a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is, like, obviously now the Taliban is um, leader of a government, and that makes their situation a little bit different. The Taliban, uh, just just for clarification, the Taliban was the sovereign government of Afghanistan prior to the invasion of Afghanistan in 2001. They were in control of the country. Right, but by your definition, you're saying anybody who condones violence mm-hmm. should not be allowed to operate on um, 
yes. Twitter, Facebook. Yes. So, so, so what you're what you're saying is that um, obviously, like, you, so by, by your um, definition, Donald Trump condones violence, the Taliban condones violence. I'm sure you would agree that ISIS condones violence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and you say that all three of them shouldn't be able be shouldn't be allowed to operate on the platform. But the fact of the matter is. Um, a former American president mm-hmm. is not allowed to operate on the platform, but two, um, I would say probably two of the greatest enemies um, to the United States are still allowed to operate. Um, I would like to interject here and uh, say that's a very weak argument because it's very subjective. I'm subjective about it. Um, I'm, if we're considering a Twitter on an international scale, it doesn't yeah. matter who is America's enemies and who is not. It's irrelevant. It's an irrelevant. Okay, so, so it's, let's, let's get rid of that, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. It is. So scratch that, right? Yeah. But the violence condoned by mm-hmm. the former American president, mm-hmm. I think, is a very different violence than the violence condoned by the Taliban. I think you have to remember this is the same Taliban mm-hmm. that um, commits inhumane acts towards people um, every beheadings. E- beheading, like like each and every day. Um, and obviously, they like recently like had some bullshit statement about like how they're going to treat women better and how things are going to be better now that they're in charge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but but the violence um, committed by the Taliban mm-hmm. doesn't even come close to comparing by to the violence that may or may not have been condoned by President Trump. Um, I would like to say the vi- I I would agree in that statement. I would also say um, since we're offering opinions here, the sure. violence committed by the Taliban does not even come close to the violence committed by the United States government. Um, I would just like to point to some figures: five hundred thousand civilians dead in the invasion of Iraq. Um, and so, if we're talking by magnitudes of violence, then you then you're saying that um, people who commit violence um, should not be allowed. I am actually not saying that at all. So what What are you saying? I, I, I th- that was actually your definition that people who commit violence should yeah, be allowed. I don't think censorship of any kind. So you're saying the Taliban should be allowed? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, you see, my argument against that is. In the, in the pursuit of uh, peace and rationality, especially in political discourse, and this goes for international po- geopolitics as well, um, I think that um, ideas uh, calling for, uh, or not, not calling for, excuse me, condoning uh, the use of violence and in particular aggression when it comes uh, to politics, i.e. political persecution, uh, should not be allowed <coughs> by any means. My, my problem is that the whole... Um idea of deciding who's condoning violence and who's not I, I think can be very subjective at times but and, and I think that in, in this country alone like our our freedom of speech does not allow you to condone violence or to uh, speak in a manner that would lead to violence so are you saying that we should expand but, uh, but I also think by by means of implicit bias this could lead to the censorship of figures who aren't necessarily condoning violence but according to the interpretation of some, uh, who may interpret their words as violent mm-hmm. words mm-hmm. may lead to the censorship of figures who um, are important um, to just the political culture of the mm-hmm. United uh, n- political culture of the world, whatever country mm-hmm. it might be, mm-hmm. um, <coughs> and the censorship of figures who um, should not be um, removed from these platforms. Um, you see, the problem where I uh, come with that cam is. Um, these, you're saying you're saying that these people represent um, opinions of people and should therefore be allowed um, 
to to operate on on these uh, social networks. Um, but there are people who represent uh, Donald Trump's ideals almost to a T um, that do not condone violence um, and actually spoke out against the president. Um, and I would I would take no issue with those people. Um, so it becomes a point in like why should violence be allowed? I, I want to take this to more to a more theoretical sense. Uh huh. And the fact that the owners of these media companies are wealthy individuals, right? Part yes. of a part of a wealthy elite. Yes. Right, and I think we agree that um, people are more divided by um, class than they are by nationality. A hundred percent. Yes. And I think I think we'd all agree about that. Yeah. Right. Definitely. I would. I would, I love that statement. Right. Okay. So so we agree on that, right? Yeah. yeah I would say about that. And I think that the fact that these wealthy elite can mm-hmm. control who and who doesn't have a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, can lead to some pretty scary um, situations in which um, uh, they're the they're censoring people in order yeah. to, to serve their own agenda, right? Yeah. Stay, of course, stay in the power, right? Yeah. Is it, where we would disagree is that I would say that there should be an expansion of uh, state-run media, so as to protect those individual rights. And I don't think you would agree with that, um, unless I'm. Mistaken. I don't know that I necessarily disagree. Okay, but I, but I think there's problems with the state-run media as well. In the fact that um, what happens when the state becomes um, well, that this is this more, is a different topic entirely. But this is a different topic entirely. But, yeah, yeah, right. Um, and a way to combat that, yeah, right, could be the expansion of state state media. Yeah. Um, but that also becomes a problem when the state becomes corrupt and more authoritarian in nature. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like, I think it would be like we see we have state run media in like countries such as China and Russia. Hmm. Um, who have like very uh, overbearing governments, mm-hmm. um, governments that have like very great influence in like just, mm-hmm. um, pretty much every aspect of individual life, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think any of us here want, right? Or am I wrong? Would, 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 do you want the government having like a lot of influence in your personal life? Uh, I do. You think the government should have a lot of influence in your personal life? Yeah, I, I don't think the government should infringe on any liberties, but I think um, the government should. In, uh, I think this is this is probably a different topic altogether. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll offer a brief statement on my beliefs, and then we'll circle back yes, and uh, we'll consider other people who have been to platforms since we spent um, a lot of time focusing on former President Trump. Um, but yeah, I do. Th- I do think that the gov- uh, governments are in charge of the culture of the country that they lead, um, and I think that um, guiding that culture to a uh, more peaceful. Um, and um, one alright um, we just took a small break uh, entering back into the conversation like yeah. I was saying we've exhausted uh, President Donald I think uh, we've put forward our arguments um, I think that Cam has had a small change of heart um, uh, you know he's definitely developed his ideas like the Grinch yes. um, what kind of change of heart uh, I, th- I think you've thought through uh, your beliefs a little more and you've corrected um, some previous. I still think you're still against uh, deplatforming. Um, yeah. But would I be incorrect in saying that you understand my opinion a little more? I absolutely do. All right, and um, that's you know that's the that's why we argue, and you know um, there's nothing can change um, uh, your opinions other than persistence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the purposes of this debate, I think uh, we've done well. Uh, Nick, if you had to uh, say, six, you know, coming into this uh, six fresh. Four, by the way. Uh, uh, coming into this uh, uh, uninformed, what would you say uh, you're leaving this conversation with as a political ideology? 
And not an ideology, but no. Honestly, I still stand by my personal beliefs. I definitely am leaning a little towards you, Rodrigo's argument a little more. I think you've made a little more, you know, nothing personal against Cam, obviously. Yeah. To be fair, I, he was a lot more informed than I was. He, <laughs> he has in, given us a little bit more concrete ideology, mm-hmm. but I do think that Cam has said some things that I personally agree with, you know? All right, all right. And, you know, um, that's what you're here for, Nick. You're here to, to give us a rational and more... Um, uh, conservative, not conservative, um, uh, but measured uh, response to uh, the issue at hand. And now, moving away from your um, argument from the position of authority, okay. uh, let's talk about political commentators. Uh, in particular, Alex Jones. Love that guy. Just kidding. I'm messing, I'm messing, I'm messing. Um, for legal reasons, that's a joke. Uh, yeah. For, um, yeah, for legal reasons, I'm absolutely joking <laughs> about that. Uh, we'll be talking about Alex Jones um, and people like him uh, being uh, people like uh, Milo Yiannopoulos and other... Uh, I don't know who that is. And it's, he's another far-right commentator. Uh, um, and any far-left commentators that we have? Uh, nothing about? considered by the argument, and I think it's because there's no far-left commentators that are saying the water is turning the frogs gay. To be fair, the water <laughs> is turning the frogs gay. That is yeah, okay, All right, fair enough. Um, and so, uh, yeah, let's talk about how Alex Jones was deplatformed. Um, and I would like to start off by saying that um, I think before I before I argue for his sake. He is a dumbass. He is a raging psycho. Yeah, he's a dumbass. Yeah. Uh, yes, he has been. Yes. He's made a lot of statements. Um, is he a millionaire? Oh, at least. I, yeah, yeah, of course. He's, he I think he he makes his money selling um, supplements. But, uh, which I'm pretty sure don't do anything. They right? probably don't do anything, but it's no. crazy how that works, right? Plus, yeah. Placebo, baby. That, that, kind of dumb, that kind of idiot in our society like, yeah. makes a lot of money. Yes. Um, it's funny. Uh, okay. So, just going into this, uh, since you don't know about Milo Yiannopoulos, I will... Yeah, I have uh, no idea who that is. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, give you a quick pref- preface from our second article, Evaluating the Effectiveness of Deplatforming. Uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, a far, uh, British far-right uh, political commentator, gathered a large cohort of anonymous online activists on Twitter who amplified his calls for targeted harassment. Um, and So, that's why he, I think, was deplatformed. What specifically did he do? Just out of curiosity. Uh, he, he told people that they should uh, harass somebody harass other people that I, I don't have the person who, I can look but concrete reasoning to get someone taken yes. off of Twitter yes yes um, and, no, uh, and then you know the following line another extremist influencer Alex Jones marshaled thousands of followers on social media to promote his conspiracy theories which led to violent acts mm. um, so let's well, actually I think I, I can, just think his conspiracy theories are entertaining to hear about they're funny but <laughs> the fact that some people think that's they are legit yeah. is kind of scary um, it, I think it is very scary um, and so, very quickly, uh, let me just find exactly um, the uh, the actions that got them um, deplatformed, and we can talk about them and analyze them in a little more depth. Um, there's also some statistics that we should talk about on the effectiveness of deplatforming. Um, and so, let's look for Alex Jones. What? While you're doing that, right? Yes. While you're looking the sorry specifics of Alex Jones, mm-hmm. Alex Jones. Um, I, I still stand where I stand in the fact that I think like overall deplatforming is like um, problematic in the fact that like, one you're censoring some major political figures and it's also tough to decide like um, tougher than you might agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's tougher to decide who deserves to be deplatformed and who doesn't. But I'm also going to go ahead and say that I, I don't think the world loses a lot um, by a guy like Alex Jones being deplatformed. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I agree that he should be the platform, but I also don't think that um, it's necessarily a horrible thing. Um, as I, as I, as I might say with the former president. Okay. Uh, how large is Alec Jones' audience? Let me get those figures up for us. How large is Alec Jones? I mean, he's, uh, he's got at least one. So there's me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, probably in fame. Don't accept. Big you red. see, um, the Alex Jones <laughs> fame has heard of. Yes, fame tracker. Ah, ah. I love this one about how um, lizard people run the world. That's oh yes, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Someone made a compilation of um, just everything that he said, and they did it in the tune of a Seven Nations Army, uh, Seven Nation Army, and it is that's fantastic. It's hilarious. <laughs> My favorite quote is, "Do you want some milk, Al Qaeda?" Milk? Do you want Al-Qaeda? some milk, Al-Qaeda? That's that, that's a direct quote from Alex Jones. What does that mean? Do you want some milk, Al-Qaeda? Uh, Take, ask him himself. He's the, he's the big man. I wonder if they want milk or not. I don't see any exact figures on Alex Jones' audience. Um, and so I don't think we'll be able to look that up. But I do have uh, some references to him. Um, so uh, here's a quote from um, our second article. Uh, many far-right influencers who promote offensive speech like Alex Jones and Richard Spencer gain widespread popularity because of their activities on Twitter. It is vital to attend um, to the activities of such toxic influencers uh, because prior research has established links between exposure to radical online material and a development of extremist online and offline attitudes. So that's an argument for the deplatforming of somebody like Alex Jones is his spreading of extremist ideology and specifically extremist ideology that leads um, to... Uh, uh, offline attitudes and offline behavior. Um, oh. So, you uh, got the real names, blah, 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 as a result for simply the platform. That's a quick definition. Um, yeah. Alex Jones, an American radio show host and political extremists who gain notoriety for promoting many conspiracy series, um, will be discussed. Milo Yiannopoulos, a British political commentator who used his celebrity to incite targeted harassment and became known uh, for ridiculing Islam, feminism, and social justice. Hmm. And um, another, or in the third person discussed by the second article, Owen Benjamin, an American alt-right actor, comedian, and political commentator who promoted many anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, including the Holocaust, including the Holocaust being exaggerated and held anti-LGBT views. Uh, so uh, this, this paper concerns itself with studying Twitter activity patterns around these influencers and their thousands of supporters. And it says that they offer initial insights into the long-term effects of using deplatforming as a moderation strategy. Um, really quickly, let's just uh, c- cover what Alex Jones said was going to happen. He claimed that the ban uh, would strengthen him, and um, he said that uh, you know this would rally people to his cause. Um, that has not happened. Pretty sure he died off because uh, of Alex yes. Jones's audience has decreased immensely. Yes, um, and so that is evidence for deplatforming, statistical evidence, uh, and we can get those figures precisely, uh, but statistical evidence for deplatforming working. And um, I just want to know what you have to say about that, Cam. Well, like I said before, I don't think the world has a lot to lose from deplatforming a guy like Alex Jones. So you do think there are cases in which deplatforming is acceptable? No. Not acceptable. All right. And and the the reason I say no is because... um, I still don't think there's any like great way mm-hmm. that um, the leaders of um, different media companies can decide who to deplatform and who not to deplatform. And I, we've been talking about this for what I don't know how long we're into this recording, um, 
<laughs> but it's been an issue central to like our argument like pretty much this entire time. And even though I think like deep platform guy like Alex Jones doesn't do a ton of harm, um, it, it, it's it's more the the idea of deplatforming that I'm uncomfortable with because mm-hmm. I think that um, when these media companies are unregulated on who they can mm-hmm. deplatform, mm-hmm. it leads to like certain individuals being deplatformed that simply um, do not align with the same views as the um, as, as Zuckerberg and I, I forget who owns Twitter. What's his name? Jason something. I don't remember. Um, but those kind of guys, right? So yeah. like, if Zuckerberg disagrees with what somebody has to say, mm-hmm. there's n- absolutely nothing stopping him from censoring that person. Okay. Um, well, um, I just wanted to mention something really quickly, something that we have um, ignorantly uh, not been aware of, but there is regulation concerning deplatforming, and it is regulation actually protecting companies uh, for doing this. Like it's, government regulation. Yes. Section 230 of the United States Communications Decency Act grants immunity to internet intermediaries to regular user-generated content however they see fit. Additionally, go, ahead and, go ahead and say that in English. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Those of us who don't speak. Additionally, lawyer. this law does not consider platforms responsible for upholding their users' freedom of speech. So, so what's specific, what does that exactly mean? Uh, it's saying the U.S. Communications Decency Act grants immunity to internet intermediaries, so companies like Twitter, Facebook, uh, other uh, social media platforms, to regulate user-generated uh, content however they see fit. So it's in their Being, right to... They can regulate... So it is within their right, according to the government, yeah. to censor whoever the fuck they want. On exactly. Their, on their platforms, yes, because they and, own their own private platforms. And I think that's bullshit. <laughs> and, and we've already talked about this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so you you would want to repeal uh, the Section Two Thirty of the United States Communications Decency. Yeah, I, I would absolutely want to do that. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so uh, do you have any other arguments for depl- or against deplatforming other than um, what, what you've said so far? Because um, there there are others. You know, I'm gonna say no. For for for, for cool. me, that's basically like the yeah. root of where I where my stance on deplatforming comes from. Okay. Um. But that 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 doesn't mean that there's probably other arguments for deplatforming that I like, wouldn't agree with. There's there's probably other mm-hmm. um arguments uh, arguments against deplatforming that I, that I would probably agree with. All right. All right. I'm just not aware or informed on these arguments. So concerning. Um, Alex Jones, let's focus on him uh, because I've, we've been dis- uh, we've discussed He's him in uh, logic and uh, we've discussed him in logic and reasoning. Um, Alex Jones is particularly harmful for his spread of misinformation, um, and that's one of the strongest cases for uh, deplatforming him, being that he uh, lied to people, he spread yes. lies, uh, things that were untrue, and those those led to you know psychological and physical harm of uh, the people that he lied about, in particular. Uh, he's famous for perpetuating the myth that um, the 2012 mass shooting of Sandy Hook Elementary, where kindergartners were killed, uh, was a staged operation intended mm. to advance gun control legislation. And in 2018, several he's saying it didn't actually happen. He yeah, said it did which... not happen. He said it was staged by the government to perform uh, to purport um, gun control legislation. And in 2018, several families, and this is from the article, several families of Sandy Hook victims filed a lawsuit against him, claiming that his false statements provoked continued threat and harassment from his followers. Uh, Jones Unfounded claims also included suggesting a link between vaccines and autism, the existence of government-manufactured weapons to control weather, um, and more recently that toothpaste sold in his supplement store kills the whole SARS-Corona family at Point Blank Ranch. So, Hmm. 
Pfizer his toothpaste cures or, or cures COVID infection. You should probably give me. Some, should I get some of that toothpaste? Yes. Uh, of course. Invest. Um, and so, uh, mentioning August 2018, Facebook, Apple, YouTube, Spotify, Vimeo, Pinterest, Mailchimp, LinkedIn removed his accounts. Uh, most citing the hateful nature of Jones's content as Imagine a re- getting removed from LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a reason for his intervention, uh, and Twitter followed suit in September 2018 by banning Jones. Followed his targeted harassment of CNN reporter Oliver Darcy. Mm-hmm. And so I ask you this: If you're against uh, deplatforming, saying that people should just not be banned in general, are you are you uh, are saying that you don't want him to be de- um, deplatformed, even though? Uh, he, you know, incited his followers to go and harass people, and uh, yeah, particular the particularly the CNN reporter Oliver or, or Oliver Darcy, and that his uh, statements and opinions led to the harassment of victims of a mass shooting. Um, like I said, like, absolutely, I, I, I vehemently against the deplatforming, even though I wouldn't say vehemently. Okay. Um, against the deplatforming, I, I'm I'm still gonna go ahead and stick with my stance that I'm against the deplatforming mm-hmm. because <coughs> actually no, I'm gonna edit what I said. Okay, because like like we keep saying, it's 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 I, I think it really comes down to a debate of um, the whole private company versus um, uh, government intervention and whether or not um, government intervention in these companies and these private companies. The, the whole debate becomes comes down to that private companies versus government intervention. Right, um, and, and like like I said, and I've said this, it's probably my third time saying it. Um, that I do not think that the deplatforming of Alex Jones does a lot of harm to the world. Right. Okay. But I also think it's a very it's a very big gray area mm-hmm. in determining who gets deplatformed and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I would be um, against the deplatforming of any individual. Um, because no matter how ridiculous their ideas may seem, right? Um, and probably Alex Jones is a bad example of this because obviously like things he's said, things he's done have been harmful. Um, but I think there's, um, and I don't want to talk back to the president again because um, we've probably exhausted talking about the president. But I want to talk back to him again because um, I think things he has he has said is more open to uh, <coughs> excuse me interpretation, and um, I think that. What I don't like the most about deplatforming mm-hmm. is the power that media owners have to influence um, democratic processes within the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think by allowing deplatforming, mm-hmm. right, it, it's kind of a gateway for them to kind of um, control the nation, much in the way um, things um, operated in the Gilded Age. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I, I think you're familiar with. Yeah. Um, and I think that, um, like, like I just said, like allowing deplatforming basically like allows for, um, basically a second gilded age. So you're, you're saying that, um, these, uh, tech companies and media companies are acting as, uh, pseudo, um, political machines. Yes. Pushing I, forward an agenda. I, I do, th- I do believe so. Yes. Um, and I just want to clarify. So you're, you're against, uh, deplatforming in its entirety. Are you against just, uh, Banning people for, I mean, I mean, what I mean, you you've mentioned this right, uh, it, the private company's right to do so. Um, these people are not ban- uh, banned uh, baselessly. They agreed to uh, terms of service, 
and um, they violated those terms of service, and so their you know their privilege um, and their uh, their privileged access to these uh, social media networks uh, were taken from them. Right. And so, do you think that people should just not be allowed to be banned in general from um, these social media networks? Just a clarifying question. Regardless of the fact, mm-hmm. okay, like independent of the fact that there's terms of service and they're in, that they're um, a private company, yes, mm-hmm. independent of those facts. You think that people should not be banned? Yeah, independent of the fact that these are private companies and that they have a terms of service, independent of those two ideas, I don't think people should be able to be banned. So you th- you think it is uh, it is a, a right for, for people to um, have access to social media? Um, yes, I think so, because I, I, we've already gone over freedom of speech and what it means in the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. But I think to just true like, to truly allow, like, the spread of ideals <coughs> that, like, nobody should, um, be banned. Because in the instance that, um, these media companies are operating as, like, political machines and, mm-hmm. um, pushing forth their own agenda, um, by basically allowing to label anyone, um, by deplatforming anyone and saying you violated our terms of service as an excuse Mm -hmm. um, I think that these elite have way too much influence um, Mm -hmm. on the the democratic process of the United States alright I mean barring that these people agreed to the it's essentially it's an electronic contract right it is an electronic contract so they gave their consent to be banned right I don't and I don't and I don't think that's okay you don't think that's okay? And, and, and the whole reason that they have... This is a private company with its own terms of service, <coughs> right? And these people agreed to, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think this is... I don't think it's something that people using their platform should have to agree to. All right. All right. Now, that's a much different, different argument different that you're yeah. making. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that we got that clarification through. And now, Nick, I want to ask you what you think of this. Um, as someone who is um, not particularly... Doesn't have any vested interests um, in the, you know... Um, any side being correct. What do you think about this? Do you think that people should be just flat out banned? Um, regular Joes? I The way I see it is that regular Joes, if they, they did sign, everyone obviously on the platform signed an agreement and they mm-hmm. said, if obviously I break the rules and lose terms, then I am subjected to the punishment for it. Mm-hmm. Where I see it kind of get a little not blurry but a bit more iffy is when it gets to more like political figures Mm -hmm. because that is someone who is supposed to be a representative of a group of people like from a more like legal standpoint like alex jones i am all for him getting deplatformed i think that he is a terrible human being what he did was terrible Mm -hmm. he did not i'm not saying deserved what he got (laughs) but him getting taken off of twitter that is his own wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. More as politicians, they have a duty to represent the people that they represent, and they need to be able to that get, vote for them. To vote, yeah, that vote for them. They need to be able to get their word out in some way, shape, and form. Do they still have to follow those rules? Yes. Should like should Trump have been completely banned? I don't know about that. I think it more should have been like. He got more of a slap on the wrist, maybe like um, not allowed to tweet certain things or be like have his account um, moderated, moderated or not not banned, but put on like 
a sabbatical kind of like you like you are not allowed to use it for a certain amount of time to kind of you know think about what you did yeah. hopefully you see yourself in the wrong you know as a clarification he was suspended briefly before his uh, permanent ban okay yeah so he was suspended briefly and he had been suspended before and um he uh, obviously continued to not i would say i'm sure he did regulations and you know that's that's Hope an argument for deplatforming is that he was warned you know um the, uh, yeah that I, it, it's not like with. this was um you know the, the kgb breaking down your doors and you know telling you that you you've done a wrongdoing and there's no um uh way to atone <coughs> you know he, like, he, he was warned of his actions um and uh, he continued with those actions and so like i said we're moving away from president, uh, former President Donald Trump. As hard as that can be. As, it seems as hard as it work. can be for you. Um, <laughs> focusing back on political commentators, let's talk about Milo Yiannopoulos. Now, he wasn't someone that we studied um, in my class for logic and reasoning, but he is someone who was um, uh, quote-unquote victim uh, of deplatforming. He's a self-described supervillain. Uh, he fanned the flames. He called uh, himself a supervillain. He called himself a supervillain. He fanned the Red flames. This this is great. I mean, he it's it, he's teeing it up. Um, you know, he's giving you every reason uh, for someone having or someone deserving to be deplatformed. Um, he uh, fanned the flames and targeted harassment against several prominent women um, in the video game industry through his news articles. Um, he uh, advocated for. Um, uh, he advocated for. Uh, he lost his position at Breitbart, uh, his um, news comp- or his news organization, uh, for uh, arguing that sexual relationships between young teenage boys and adults, in some cases, can happen perfectly consensually. Um, not only that, uh, he if, he following his Twitter suspension. Uh, Uinopolis has continued. This is a quote. Uh, has continued to stir up controversy. Reports suggest he was regularly corresponded with self-proclaimed white nationalists when formulating ideas for his Breitbart articles. He sang "America the Beautiful" at a karaoke. Mind you, he's British. Um, at a karaoke bar to a crowd of white supremacists giving Nazi salutes. Mm. Um, so this is about as evil as a guy you can get. Yeah. Do you think he should be deplatformed? No. I love principle. I love principle because it makes people act irrationally. Um, sorry, that's a that that's. I'm sorry. Apologies. Yeah, I don't that's, know. That's that's not that's not a fair evaluation of your um, no, argument. Not at all. You and uh, you and actions have resulted in bans from several platforms beyond Twitter, including but not limited to Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon. How is Patreon? Uh, it's a service for supporters to uh, financially support. Um, the people that they alright after taking a small break to explain what Patreon is um, so just so we can keep our terms consistent um, okay so you mentioned that you didn't want um, Alex or Milo Yiannopoulos uh, to be deplatformed even though he's obviously in support of um, what can only be considered as radical fascist ideals Um, so do you think that people um, have a have a have a, a right to spread these ideas, not just in person, but on these social media platforms. Again, just let's reiterate your deplatforming argument. Um, can you read again, just like, um, mm-hmm. just for the audience, um, the, the first stuff that he did? No, the First Amendment. Oh, the First Amendment, yes. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press 
or the right of the people peace or, or the right of the people peaceful peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for redress or um, of grievances. So I know there's and we're live. Uh, all right, continuing on. Sorry, we took a <laughs> small pause there. Why did um, you take a pause? I because we had a distraction um, in the studio. That we did. Um, in my dorm room. <laughs> studio. Um, uh, that's enough. So like okay. You've reiterated um, toxicity in the communities. Um, let's just read through this. Um, so Alex Jones had close to 900,000 followers uh, when he was deplatformed in September of 2018. That's he less had, than I would have thought, actually. He, he had yeah. over a million tweets, uh, 3,000 certified supporters, and those supporters had uh, 17 million tweets combined. So mm-hmm. he, had, he had very large... Uh, far-reaching social um, social connectivity um, um, hello uh, it seems that the article has closed hmm. convenient MSU Wi-Fi very convenient yes MSU Wi-Fi it's great um, it actually is pretty good most of the time it's not fair for you to shit on it yeah okay buddy uh, let's uh, refocus on the debate please um, so just finding all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, no. Okay, so. Um, choosing to deplatform. Uh, uh, okay. So, this article sort of continues more into statistical analysis of um, uh, search data. So, we're going to move on. Um, all right. Yeah, I think I think we've we've uh, com- we've exhausted um, our options for uh, for what we can talk about. Um, so you you hold uh, you hold fast um, and you double down on your claim, and I'm addressing you, Cam, just for the audience. Yeah. That you don't think deplatforming uh, should be allowed, and you've gone as far as to say that even banning people from social media shouldn't be allowed, and so um, you're saying that. Uh, you you support legislation that would constitutionally protect the right of Americans um, to have access to social media. I would absolutely support that legislation. All right, uh, Nick. Uh, just this is on the whole platform. As a yes. plat- on the way I view it is, uh, I hate being that guy, but it depend it entirely depends on the scenario. You know, mm-hmm. you I do do agree that people like Alex Jones and the Milo Yiannopoulos? Yes, that guy whose name I am not going to try to pronounce. They should be deplatformed. They should not have a social platform because what they say is just ludicrous and offensive and incites violence mm-hmm. way too much. But you, to an extent, can't take away someone's entire platform because of... Oh, never mind. It's okay. You can you can take a moment to collect. Yeah, I do believe that in certain circumstances, yes, it is okay to deplatform to an extent. Those who are a larger representative of people from nations as a whole, mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me, should not be subjected to the ideology of deplatforming. I believe that yes, they should get a slap on the wrist. Yes, they should be moderated, but to just completely like wipe them off of the face of that 
platform. It, a platform, yes. Like in this case, Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, Facebook, LinkedIn, Patreon. or such. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, Minimum. just to clarify, you think that, um, uh, let's just say, elected officials, would that be okay? That's a, that's a great way to put it. Elected yeah. officials, yes. Okay. So, you, you think that elected officials should be held exempt? They should. Um, yes. Okay. Um, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just saying, um, I, I just think the idea of, I don't think elected officials was the right way to put it, because um, once... You know, members of the government are exempt from the same set of rules as like the rest of people. I think that's kind of problematic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. You say that's, that. That's no. Okay. That's a. Good, that's a, that's a, yeah, a I, for a second, fair. I thought it was contradictory, but no. You said that um, deplatforming is not good for anybody. Yeah. Um, me, um, I support the idea that deplatforming works, and statistically, um, it has been shown to work. Um, you know, like. Uh, search results, um, uh, keywords, and uh, specific hashtags decrease um, in popularity and frequency. Um, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. Decrease in popularity and frequency um, when these people are deplatformed. And I think that's a good thing. I think that um, extremists who are spreading violent and hateful ideas um, shouldn't be allowed uh, to, to do so. I don't think it's good for political conversation. I don't think it's good for uh, the cultural um, and social health of a nation. And I think it actively works against um, people who are trying to um, uh, advance, you know, the country. Because you know, you, a case can be made that you know, all perspectives are trying to work in to, towards the betterment of uh, a nation, and you know whether those benefits target. Uh, specific groups or others is is a completely different conversation, but um, I think that it undermines the efforts of of people who are trying to affect change um, and change that they would identify as good. Um, and um, you know, I mean, since deplatforming is proven to be effective, um, I think that it, it, it's totally. I think it's a great strategy for uh, moderating the internet and. Um, I mean that's my closing statement. There's there's really nothing else. Deplatforming works and it helps. It is both moral and ethical uh, to support deplatforming, in my opinion. Right, and you and you know I disagree, but yeah, yeah, people are gonna agree to disagree as things always go. Um, I think that we've uh, you know all three of us have put forward, um, you know our our uh, perspectives and. Um, I'm definitely I, I'm more understanding of where you come from, Cam. Even though I still disagree, um, I, I can see uh, where you come from, and uh, and obviously speaking with you has helped. Um, could you say the same for yourself? I absolutely can. Yes, but without question. All right, um, Nick. We've talked about how you've come to your own conclusion, and um, I appreciate uh, both of you being here with me today. So uh, I think that'll be the end of the fourth episode for the Atomic Song Podcast. Um, you know, we might make this a weekly thing, Nick, you and me. Cool. Cam, guest star every week. Thank you for our first guest. I no, you can be a host. You can be a host, Cam. Yeah. No, I want you to be a host. Thank you to our live studio audience, you know. Yeah, thank you to our live studio audience. Daniel. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Woo! Daniel, um, thank you. So, our so other guest applause. audience is taking a shower. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, so the, it, that'll, those are our closing statements, and um, 
I think I'll just end it there. Yeah, that sounds good. Atomic Swan. The Atomic Swan. <laughs> <Atomic Bond. Bond. laughs> <laughs>